Hey guys, doing a little, uh, another one of those impromptu um, podcasts that I've been doing. This is uh, mainly because um, my uh, computer's been down for a few days, and it was because of a particularly nasty virus that uh, that I got a few days ago, uh, last Wednesday actually. So, got everything set back up, thought I'd see if the... Uh, Level sounded the same, and, uh, you know, if it was just working. So, nothing really much to talk about like I, uh, like I ever do. If you uh, follow me on Twitter or Facebook, you, you know the type subjects that I, uh, I talk about, which is nothing, but hopefully sometimes funny. I did spend a little time today <clears throat> working on some new graphics. Um, I recently was uh, speaking with somebody on the internet that does podcasting and uh, via email, uh, chat and stuff. And my show name, which I thought was uh, rather humorous, um, probably would mislead people into thinking that I was um, going to have a a show that was full of uh, expletives and uh, colorful words. And I, I generally don't don't speak that way uh, in person. If I get upset enough, I do. Or if I uh, injure myself, I certainly do. But um, I try to come up with words to use other than those. And um, it, since it was pointed out to me that there was a bit of a concern about what the content might have been by this individual before they listened to it, I thought, well, yeah, that, I can see that those type people that don't want to hear that, which I'm pretty much one of them, I don't mind hearing some blue language, but you know, too much of it is, um, is kind of a overboard overkill thing. So I thought, well, there may be even people that look forward to hearing that kind of language. And I thought, well, they're going to come to a podcast or something uh, that I'm doing and expect to hear that and not hear it. And might be saying, you know, what the bleep. So I changed the show name. I don't know if this is necessarily a great show name uh, or not, but uh, at least it's uh, it kind of more accurately goes along with uh, the my website, muckleroy.com. It's uh, my interpretation of the world around me. So I thought that was uh, way too many words to put <clears throat> on a um, on a banner or on the graphic. So I thought my interpretation pretty much covers it all. My interpretation might not be right. It might not be good, but it's my interpretation. So there you go. Anyway, I thought we would do some live calls tonight. Um, it may or may not work properly. I really haven't tested it. Um, so if you want to give a call, the uh, the number there, 530-675-4102. Is a, um, a number that we normally have set up for voicemail. Of course, you can always call and leave your voicemail message there. But tonight we have it set up for um, calls that we can take and put on the air. And I use on the air term loosely since uh, this is the internet. Now, if you're watching the show on Ustream, you can. Um, Get in the chat room if you have an account. If you don't have an account, there's plenty of time to get one set up. And um, you can 
chat in the chat room with other people and also with me or ask me questions and uh, I can respond via the um, audio here. So I don't know what today's like for sports. I know the last time I did this, there was a um, major football game going on. I don't follow sports. And if you listen to that uh, prior podcast or, well, you didn't see the show because I don't think anybody showed up then you'll know how I feel about professional sports. It's fine. I don't mind if that's what you want to do. Um, I personally don't follow the sports because, uh, a bit of a repeat, they're just multi-millionaires that are hired to come to that city and play. Uh, Chances are good that they don't live there and really don't care anything about, uh, you know, doing well for the city or making the, giving the city a better name, etc., I think that that's uh, that might be old-fashioned uh, thinking, um, and the show that that local talent may put on may not be worth seeing. But at least the team rivalry means something. Anyway, I'm not going to go down that road again. I just uh, I don't care for following sports, and I certainly don't care for the idea of spending fifty dollars for a uh, a ticket to see a a football or a baseball game. I mean, my God. I know, I'm getting old. So, we uh, see that we have guest, but I don't have a guest count. Um, oh, there's only one viewer. Okay, so we don't have anybody here to call in yet. Let's see. And it may go that way tonight again. I just may be uninteresting or not as pretty as a female podcaster, broadcaster, podcaster. Let's see, I'll put um I'll put something here in the social stream. Taking live phone calls. Come watch. Come talk. Come chat. Now if there's no um <laughs> if there's no football game today then that's probably going to mean that I need to um, find another career no I'm, I need to um, advertise these things a little bit more actually I'll probably be doing a um, probably be doing a weekly show during the week I'm currently doing one for uh, my Jeep website xjtalk.com and that's on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Um, had a pretty good turnout on that one, but of course, there's been a lot more advertising uh, for that show, and been a little more effort into putting the things together, uh, graphics, and um, the website uh, has has there's actually a, a dedicated page to uh, the UStream show and the podcasts. So. Quite a bit more work, quite a bit more advertisement on, on that show, and um, gosh, I guess we've had 30, 40 people uh, at any one time on the show, which I was just really surprised about. And I thought, uh, since that one was so much fun, it might be fun to have one that wasn't uh, specifically um, targeted towards Jeeps, just, you know, things in general, chit-chat, um, show about nothing, if I can uh, steal a phrase. 
So just waiting to see if gonna, some people are going to show up. I know there's a few people that follow me on Twitter that um, I've made friends with and have a tendency to show up in here or have in the past. Of course, it is Saturday night, and uh, they are not necessarily um, married or domesticated, so they may actually be out running around doing things at 6 o'clock on Saturday evening. But that's not a big deal. I can always figure out something to talk about. I will mention this. I'm uh, very enthused, as I mentioned about this last time, I'm very uh, enthused about the um, recovery of the senator that was shot in the head. I do not recall her name. I probably should look that up before I start talking about it. But, you know, that's kind of the cool thing of uh, reporting to myself. I uh, also heard that, uh, I'm sorry, not Senator, I keep making that mistake, Congresswoman. At least this time I said Congresswoman, not Congressman, then correct that. Um, Interesting, Uh, interesting to me anyway. She's um, either is going to be or has been um, transferred to Houston, which I am very close to. And I guess that would be because her husband is an astronaut and is based out of Houston. So, just trying to call that up really, really quick. Yeah, Arizona congressman, congresswoman, that made the mistake already. And you can hear, you can hear some of the background noise. I forgot to close the door on my uh, server cabinet uh, closet, and you can hear some of the uh, the background noise. So. Gosh, what's her name? Gifford? Congresswoman Gifford? Representative Giffords. Giffords. That's what it was. Giffords. Yep. She's doing uh, really well. I haven't heard anything other than uh, she was giving her husband a back rub the other day. She stood for the first time the other day. And um, I think all in all, she's doing doing very much better than uh, most people that get, get shot in the head. And again, that's to me is the the best um, the best outcome. It's horrible that those other people let, lost their lives, but for the the young man that uh, allegedly went there to kill her and shoot her in the head, for him to miss, you know, killing her is great because. That's that was his goal, and he failed. Excellent, I like that. It's much better than being uh, 100% successful at it, because at least now we can say you tried and you failed. And I'm sure he'll be going to prison for a very long time or a um, psychiatric facility for a very long time, and I'm sure. If he continues living for a number of years, his life will be even more of a living hell than what it currently is. Um, may not be a great thing to say, but I, I certainly hope it is. So let's see what else is <clears throat> what else is going on. I read the other day that um, I heard and read that. Um, Verizon's going to be coming out with the iPhone. I read that um, T-Mobile... Oh, I also read, this is inter- interesting, 
Verizon apparently has a. I'm not a Verizon customer, so I just I just I didn't know about this till I read it. Apparently, Verizon has some sort of deal for customers where you can get a, a new phone for a much reduced rate every couple of years. Um, I think maybe it's virtually nothing after two years, and after a year you can get it at a much reduced rate. Well, they're doing it, putting an end to that, and I'm I'm sure that has a lot to do with the iPhone coming on board. So with uh, with that announcement, um, T-Mobile simultaneously came out with an announcement that they would be increasing their, their uh, network band speed, network bandwidth. And at least in the article that I read, it seemed that they were thinking that T-Mobile was doing this because now, since Verizon's going to be taking away an incentive for customers to stay with them, um, T-Mobile might pick up some customers, uh, jump and ship, you know, getting a new phone, etc., etc. Uh, I personally have never... Uh, been interested in an iPhone. Uh, I kind of, if you've read any of my articles, you'll see that it says something about uh, um, I don't like buying Apple products because it just encourages them. I think it's great that there is a, a company, a, a, a United States company, that makes great products, and they really do. I just don't like them. I don't like them. I think they're too expensive. Um, I think I can do the same um, paying a lot less and using um, the dreaded Microsoft operating systems or Linux. And of course, the Mac OS, uh, from my understanding, the nuts and bolts are also Linux or Unix. I believe it's Linux. So kind of uh, kind of happy that the Android uh, Androids came out. I, I, I got an Android. My first smartphone was an Android. It's actually a, a Motorola Click XT. Uh, my wife and I got one at the same time, one each, and within a week, hers was rebooting. Uh, actually, it would reboot every time that you tried to run the camera application. And um, <laughs> I told her, you need to take that back and let them give you another one. And she didn't want to do it, so it it kind of got worse over time where you just sit the phone down and not be doing anything with it and it would reboot and the motorola click xt as a, a probably all the android motorola androids do but anyway specifically on this one it takes a long time for it to come back up and it uh then it started um occasionally locking up during the reboot so they they eat batteries anyway. And she would put her phone down next to the, the nightstand. And sometimes the bright white background of the boot screen that has a little Motorola logo, sometimes that bright white screen was bright enough to wake me up because it was rebooting. And on occasion, it would get to the T-Mobile, because we're T-Mobile subscribers, it would get to, as far as the T-Mobile logo, which happens right after the reboot, and it would hang there. And the screen stays on probably 100% from, from what I can tell. It's so bright. And that phone would sit there, full brightness screen, not doing anything because it's locked up, much like um, back in the Windows Windows for Work groups and Windows 95 days, <laughs> where it would just lock up, lock up tighter than a drum. And it would sit there just chewing through that battery. 
So we wound up getting, um, I, want, I got another ch a little charger that you can put the, the battery in. We each have the chargers for our phones. And I got an extra battery for me because I found when I took my, my phone with me to work, if I was lucky, I would be able to use it as long as 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So between 2 o'clock and 5, you know, 5.15 or so when I got back in my vehicle, um, I would not have the phone. It, would, it didn't have enough power to, to run it. So I, when I got back in the vehicle, I'd put it on the charger. And then I had to wait the, the mandatory 10 minutes for it to reboot. It's not 10 minutes, but it's a god-awful long time. It's like three, four minutes. So, you know, it was fine. I, had it, I, I was able to use it in the vehicle, but, you know, if something had happened where I needed to leave the vehicle, it would be, you know, I'd just be SOL because I'd, I would have no, have no cell phone. Uh, the battery just wouldn't last that long from the little bit of charge. So I got a spare battery, and then um, I kept telling my wife, "Should I get uh, get you a spare battery?" No, no, no. I don't know. I don't want to change it. It's too difficult to take the cover off, and it it really is. Uh, it took me quite a bit of practice to figure out the the right way, and I guess because the phone is so thin and plasticky, and it, it just you know if you if you really wanted to, it'd be very easy just to fold the thing in half and and you know just destroy it. So I was very concerned about taking that cover off the back, and you know you have to uh, kind of learn over a period of time how rough you can be with it and not do any damage. So now I can get the cover off pretty well. I mean, especially since I I take the cover off and replace the battery uh, daily, uh, weekdays, you know when I'm when I'm away from home. So uh, I showed her how to do it, and uh, I got her an extra battery. Showed her how to do it, and. Uh, she she carries that was carrying that extra round, that battery around in her purse, and um, it disappeared. So it was gone for a while. I said, "Have you found the battery yet?" No. I uh, going back and forth. You lost it. No. You lost it. Blah blah blah. Finally, she found it, but not not uh, before I had ordered another battery. So it's fine. I mean, the batteries are like you know ten dollars, six dollars, ten dollars a piece. Lithium ion. Uh, uh, batteries I've, I've been getting them from Amazon and um, so we have five batteries we have the the batteries the two batteries that came with each phone I ordered the extra one then I ordered her one uh, it was lost for a while so I ordered another one so now we've got five batteries and I still use the two that, that I need because uh, I'll take the extra battery and stick it in my pocket and then uh, keeps it warm and toasty for when I need it. <laughs> and then when I get when I'm at work, and uh, I've noticed that if I don't use the phone that much, if it if it's pretty much just sitting there, responding uh, or, or uh, going off whenever uh, a um, Twitter message comes in or uh, Facebook or mainly emails, because I I really turned down how often it checks for Twitter and Facebook updates. That helped a lot. But if it's just responding to uh, emails, I mean, popping up saying, you know, new email bling or whatever the, the ringtone is, it will go until 4 o'clock. Uh, I've actually gone all the way to 5 o'clock, but it's very close to being dead by the time I get into the car. So 
<clears throat> with the uh, and and if I can make it to the car, I don't change the battery. I don't want to sit there in the parking lot messing with that thing, trying to get the battery out. I just hook it up to the charger, and you know, push comes to shove, I still have the full battery. So I can always, uh, if I was to have to leave the vehicle, I would, and uh, depend on the cell phone, I would have a fully charged battery. It's a uh, if it if if it, it, with the exception of the battery life on it. It's a really neat phone. Um, I, I suspect there's other phones that are much better. But as far as the Android goes, I like the Android uh, operating system. Uh, I guess it's a Google operating system. And, um, well, I guess it's called Android, but it's by Google. And uh, I, I'm very en enthusiastic to see... Uh, maybe that's not the right way to say it. I'm excited to see, and I suspect... <clears throat> suspect I'll be enthusiastic whenever I see a fully operational one. The Motorola Zoom X-O-O-M. I saw something about it um, at the CES, uh, one of the CES uh, uh, videos on YouTube, and it looks pretty nice. I would, uh, I've been wanting a, a tablet computer for, well, ever since they came out. I thought it was, uh, thought it was a really cool idea, but it just, I, I think it was the the speed of the processors um, and the power requirements were not really, it wasn't really ready. Um, tablet computing wasn't really ready. So I think we're getting a lot closer. I dearly wish we could, um, I dearly wish we could come up with a better power supply, one that would uh, allow these devices to run for, you know, a very long time. Just doing the social stream here again. I see that we did pick up a couple of guests. Um, I'm hoping those aren't just people that live here in the house. <laughs> Actual um, people at a distance. Um, a distance greater than, you know, 50 to 100 feet. Anyway, the uh, the tablet computing um, that would uh, I'm I'm a little concerned that how much those tablets are going to cost. Although the the LCD screens have really come down in price, so it may be that since the tablet computer doesn't have a DVD drive, doesn't have a a hard drive. At least I don't think it does. Um, I think they're pretty much solid state devices. Um, it may be that you get the battery life that you want and the the screens these days are just amazing very bright um, don't consume as nearly as much power as the ones that used to at least that's my my take on it now one of the things that I'm really looking forward to is the e-paper um, I believe that is what is being used in the Amazon um, tablet the little reader uh, what is that thing called? That uh, the e-paper is basically um, particles that are uh, black particles, like ink, but not ink, that are moved around, and then they're moved around by the use of the uh, the electricity um, moving them in the in the plastic, and then once they've moved into position, you know, to make the letter, it there's no power. You don't need the power to keep it there. So those uh, Kindles, that's what I was trying to think of. Those Kindles uh, have a, a battery life 
of like you charge it once every two, three weeks. And I remember reading about uh, e-paper several years ago, and actually it was uh, they came out with that shortly before um, the uh, Tom Cruise movie, um, Steven Spielberg movie, uh, Minority Report. And if you remember in that movie, uh, when Tom Cruise was on the run, the newspapers, people were reading the newspapers, and the, the papers were changing um, as though they had, you know, some uh, motion, um, multiple images that would change, uh, kind of like a low-level uh, web page. Nothing, uh, nothing like full-motion video, but the uh, image would change on the on the paper as people were reading it. And that a lot, that I, and I don't know if, I felt that based on the, the technology that had come out about e-paper, that that was a direct correlation between that um, bit of news that came out and what the producers put into the movie. Uh, another, another movie that also has something that uh, resembles e-paper and where I think e-paper is going is the Harry, Pot- Harry Potter series, where they show, like the photographs on the wall where those people are actually interacting uh, with uh, uh, the people that walk by. Uh, they, they actually interact talking-wise. And I can see that in the future, as computer artificial intelligence gets better, then that interaction can, can occur. But just with the e-paper, I can see where motion images in a picture will be uh, very likely and it won't require a lot of power to do it. Um, I'm sure it will, it will require more power than a painting hanging on the, hanging on the wall, <laughs> but it, you won't be able to do, do near all the, uh, all the things that you can do with the e-paper. Now, shortly after they came out with the, the e-paper, which was basically uh, black-looking ink or black characters on a white background or a whitish background, they announced that they had come out with color e-paper. And it was, um, it was limited. The number of colors were, was very limited, but they were doing color. I have not heard anything more about color e-paper since that time, which may, may have been as long as five years ago. But certainly, color e-paper will be a really big deal because devices are very, um, all the, the electronic devices are very um, non-moving parts now. You can get a solid-state disk drive. You can, uh, of course, the memory is has always been solid-state. Uh, well, for the last 30 years. And um, so there's no moving parts. And if you don't have mechanical things to move around, you don't. it doesn't require as much power. So if you don't have to move the electrons on the screen either, other than just updating it, and then it's done and it sits there static, that means that it's going to require less power. So just on our current level of technology, we should be able to have color tablets that would stay running or stay powered for a very long time. Not a day, not two days, a week, two weeks, etc. Now, if you couple that with a technology, uh, a better technology for providing power, then you're talking about something that potentially, in the probably not too distant future, 
would be something that's on all the time. There'll be no reason for you to charge it. It'll be charged. It, it'll run for two, three, four, five years, and it will just be on. That will be something very, very cool. Um, it basically would be like your cell phone, but, I mean, it would be a communication device, but it would never be off. Just, you know, it'd just be on. And I'm sure down the road uh, we'll see that uh, even increase. We've seen some of the, um, and I, I don't, I don't really care for this this technology because I think it's, uh, I think it's, it tends to create a lot of uh, electrical noise and uh, it interferes with um, all the wireless things that we have. But uh, this deal where you place the place your device on a pad and through um, electromagnetic coupling it charges the device so that you don't actually have to plug something in to a connector. It just, you just sit it on top of this pad and the pad is generating an AC field and there's a receiver, like a receiver antenna inside the whatever device is that you are, that you want to charge. And it picks up that AC and charges it. And I believe this is a, a technology that uh, uh, Tesla came up with back in, God, what was it? The early, um, 20th century, late 19th century. No, it had to have been the early, the early 20th century. So, and he had actually, uh, he had actually talked about um, broadcasting power to people by using this similar technology, putting up a uh, an antenna and broadcasting power for free. And, you know, of course, that didn't go over very well because how do you monetize free? Well, you don't. It's free. So, uh, Edison came along and kind of took over. um, Of course, he was trying to do everything with DC, and DC is not very good for long runs. And you need long runs because power stations are very big and require a lot of uh, infrastructure and manpower to run. So Tesla did went went out from that standpoint that he... um, that AC won over DC, but uh, certainly Edison um, was able to successfully monetize the electricity, the delivery of electricity, but he had to switch over to AC. His his darling was DC. And uh, DC or direct current, of course, is what we all use in, in everything. The computers, the cell phones, your cordless phone, um, your... Um, Anything, any electronics device uh, uses DC. So you wind up having these power supplies that have to take the AC from the wall because that AC transfers better from, from a distance. And then it converts it to DC and whatever voltage is necessary for the device. Computers um, generally use four voltages, five uh, positive five and positive 12 volts, and negative five and negative 12 volts. So that's kind of what your power supply does in your in your uh, computer. Well, we had three guests, and now we have two. So maybe it is too technical a conversation. Um, you know, it's a ramble. Let me see. Let me hit the, the show, social stream here again. How far into this are we? 32 minutes. Let's see. No one wants to call in on the live show. 
you know, I tested this thing before, um, before I started the show, and it did work. At least the phone rang. I know. Let's, uh, let me see if I can get a dial tone. Got to take it out of the charger. Oh, that's loud. I'd say that's a successful test. Sorry if that was too loud for you. And, um, hmm, I wonder if Skype. Let's see what the. See if Skype is working. Skype has some beautiful audio. I don't know if you guys use uh, use Skype or not, but um, I was very impressed with um, how clear the audio is. Now this wasn't working earlier. You, they have a uh, a sound test service. Hello, ah. welcome to Skype Core testing service. After the beep, please record a message. Afterwards, your message will be played back to you. Testing the audio quality on Skype. Let's see what it says. Testing the audio quality on Skype. Let's see what it says. I tell you what, that sounded good. <laughs> that sounded a lot better than what I thought it was going to. But uh, so I've got the Skype set up so I can take calls either. Um, on the the 530 number that you see, or you can call me on Skype. This guy calling me on my uh, by my last name, which is Muckleroy. That's there on the screen right now, and uh, get you here so that we can talk and people can listen. All two of them. Don't feel guilty. I, I can sit here and talk about, talk to myself. Actually, I've, uh, I've actually um, spoken long enough where uh, this will make a decent podcast. It may not be an interesting podcast, but it'll be a decent one, a decent length one. I'm trying to, I'm shooting for like 20 to 30 minutes uh, on the podcast because uh, I figure if people um, want to listen to this, they're more than likely going to be listening um, to or from work or at work. And uh, the to and from work thing, I think most people travel about uh, between uh, 15 and 30 minutes uh, to their job. I, on the other hand, travel about 45 minutes to an hour um, going to and from work. Actually, uh, it's, it's kind of strange. It's the, the same way both ways, but this the time of the day and the, the amount of traffic. Going to work takes about 45 minutes right at 45 minutes and going home takes right at an hour maybe an hour and five minutes um so you know i don't know i don't know where those people are in the morning when i'm going to work uh but they they sure are there when i'm going home and it could be that the the level of uh it could be people are taking various routes um instead of doing the same way every day I would be a little surprised by that, but I, I guess it's possible. Um, it's uh, I remember when I first, because I take the back roads, I stay off the highway. The highway is, uh, it's technically technically supposed to be um, shorter uh, duration and time, but it's much longer uh, in miles. 
And with uh, back when the um, the fuel prices were getting up close to four dollars, um, I got out the old Google map and um, did a little looking and saw that I could actually get um, go a much a much shorter route, but using the the back roads, not necessarily neighborhood roads, but major back roads. And I was really surprised that um, it cut about. 20 minutes off my drive because I think going down um, the interstate and then hitting the beltway and then going up uh, another uh, highway to get to where I'm working it was taking me about and because of all the traffic it was taking me about an hour and 10 minutes or so and um, but but making that first tr- that first uh, trip, the back way, so to speak, the non-highway route, uh, it took me a good week, week and a half to get where I didn't have to think about where I was going to turn and, um, you know, and be looking. So my point basically is I think a lot of people go the same way back and forth to work because it's not as complicated. Once you have the pattern down in your head, you know where, where, it, where you're supposed to turn either by time or, um, by landmarks or a combination of the the two, uh, well, you know, you've you, I'm sure you've done it yourself, where you're talking on the phone or you're listening to an interesting uh, podcast, hint hint, and you lose track of where you are, and miraculously, it seems, you get to your destination. Now, you know, I understand sometimes you miss a, sometimes you miss an exit or, um, you pull into a. Uh, a Popeye's chicken and you think it's your garage, it, it happens. But most of the time you you get home and you go, hey, wait a minute, how did I get here? <laughs> and Well, I won't say most of the time. Most of the time you, you get home, but sometimes you don't know how you got there. And you can think back and go, well, yeah, I remember going the same way I went. Um, so that, that, automatic, that automated thing in your head that gets you from point A to point B is is very nice. Uh, I've often thought that that would be a perfect way to exercise. People would exercise more if they could uh, remove the memory of the exercise from their mind. You know, the you get done, you um, pull out the uh, men in black uh, little thing, <laughs> and you wipe your memory for the last thirty minutes to an hour, and you you know you feel tired, but you you feel you feel good because you've worked out. And now you've forgotten all the boredom and all the pain and uh, all the, uh, um, why didn't that uh, ass wipe the, uh, the the machine down before he got off of it or she got off of it? Yeah, it's, I know it's always a guy that doesn't wipe it down. So <laughs> you forget about the experience. And now you just have the benefit of the, the afterglow, so to speak, of, uh, uh, of the exercise. And you're looking forward to it because, hey, it feels good. There's no negative memories. Actually, I think that would work for jury duty as well and probably many government jobs. I kid the government people. Oh, speaking of government jobs, um, and it really isn't, I was, uh, I was really surprised. Well, I'll take this back. I wasn't surprised. I was surprised that uh, Keith Olbermann, went back to MSNBC after being suspended because of his campaign donations to uh, Democrats. Um, I was surprised he went back after, you know, three or four days. 
And then I was surprised he stayed there because uh, you know I would think that he would leave, or if he if he doesn't leave, then that was basically a big nudge from the company that's employing you for you to leave because that's a big risk. If they if they suspend you and, and it's a public humiliation, then generally speaking, people just say, you know, the hell with this. I'll go do something else. He didn't. He stayed. That's fine. I, I don't I don't dig. Uh, there's no I, I'm not going to put that as a negative. That's fine. You know, he stayed there for his, his job. He did his job. I'm sure he did it very well. I don't care for the man because I don't care for what he has to say. I, I don't agree with it. So yesterday when I, I saw on Twitter, which I guess has become my news source, um, and, and it was from a legitimate news source. Um, I forget uh, who it is now that I've subscribed to, but they have these new news blurps. I actually have the Houston Chronicle on there and uh, another national uh, news organization that I get these tweets and I see uh, information that, that comes out. And one of the things that I saw was about um, MSNBC not renewing Keith Olbermann's Olbermann's contract. And uh, of course this whole series of, uh, of uh, jokes formulated in my head uh, primarily because I just really, really dislike his politics. I won't say I dislike him. I don't like his smug nature. Uh, and I certainly don't like the way he um, eloquently articulates himself because it would be a lot easier to um, ignore what he had to say if he was a idiot. <laughs> and, well, yeah, I, I've said he's an idiot based on what he's saying, but you can tell he's educated. You can tell he's very good at what he does. And uh, I'm sure that this isn't a setback for him at all. Um, if nothing else, the the notoriety will um, do him well. And he has a niche audience where uh, people like you know what he has to say. Um, I think it's really out there. Um, I'm a, a conservative primarily. Uh, I wouldn't go as far as saying I'm a Republican, but I'm, I'm definitely a conservative. Uh, I was not a conservative when I was younger. And frankly, I'm surprised as people uh, get older and have a house and have um, a, a spouse and children that they don't get conservative because taking it slow and easy and having conservative values to me is much more family oriented, uh, much more steady, um, predictable. And whenever you're uh, a liberal, which, you know, the, in my mind, the, the easy way to understand what a liberal is, is they care a lot about people and they want to take your money to help those people. I'm, I have absolutely no problem with helping people, but I don't think the government should mandate it. Um, I think that that should be done. That's between you and how you feel your money should be spent. I mean, that's really the problem I have with most liberal, uh, most liberals is what I do with my money is my business, not yours. And this, um, this notion that we need to take care of people, I don't agree with. I think it's, uh, there, are, uh, there is a small group of people that we do definitely need to take care of. 
And one of those groups, uh, certainly the uh, mentally handicapped, um, people that are um, unable to work, and and I I really would rather not have a government a government uh, worker a government employee deciding who can and cannot work. Um, I think that ought to be outsourced. You know, maybe to OCP, the company from um, RoboCop. But outsourced to a, to a company that would be held accountable for the accuracy of who determining who is who can and can't work, because when you set up a a welfare system and you make people dependent on the government, they're going to be dependent on the government, and whenever you because of political changes or you just run out of money because there's just not enough tax revenue that you can get from people to support all this huge weight that's sucking the population's money away. At some point, it has to go away. And now you have all these people that have known little else, or maybe even this the last five years, they, they don't know how to make a living on their own. That may, may be unfair to say. Maybe they know how, but they don't want to. It doesn't make any sense to them to go work someplace for minimum wage if the government will pay them, you know, a dollar more an hour or two dollars more an hour or ten dollars more an hour. It, it, it's, it's ludicrous. Who, who would go out and do that? I mean, some people would. Some people have the the can-do attitude, the, you know, I'm going to work, work myself up, uh, and, and they would. I would have a hard time doing that. If the government was paying me $10 an hour to find a job or uh, go through a training program and looking for some job, blah, 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 or I could go make whatever the minimum wage is now, what is it, uh, four, five, six bucks an hour? I don't know. Uh, one, you have a really hard time paying the bills. The other one, you don't. I mean, the other one, you still have a hard time paying the bills. It's just less of a, a problem. And a dollar an hour is a, is a big deal. So $4 an hour would be really a big deal. This is what we have to get away from. We, we've set up all this, this stuff to, to help people, and it's not helping them. We need to help, actually help people to be self-sufficient, and if we do that, they're going to have a better feel for themselves, a better feeling for themselves. Their family, if they have one, is going to have a better feeling. It's going to the children that they, if they have them, will look and see. You know, this is this is the way I need to do things when I grow up. I need to go out there and work and succeed and so on and so forth. And whenever you do that, then that means people have jobs and we're all always going to pay taxes but if more people are working then that means more people are paying taxes and the more people that pay taxes means the less each one of us has to pay and of course the more people that are working means there's it's less likely that they're going to be involved in crime so the money that we spend on police uh, some fire, uh, some fire calls because of arson and 
um, people being nutty on drugs and doing things, then that goes down. So that tax goes down. Um, I, I'm sure it's an oversimplification, but I, I believe personally that a lot of the problems that we have started with liberal policies. They, they set up a system that to help people, but also too, and I, and I firmly believe that they also do this because once you set up a system to support people, then you have a base of voters that are going to vote for you so that that system can stay in place. It's, it's almost a corrupt uh, bribery type thing. And there's a problem with that because at some point, everything falls apart. And we're seeing that in Europe. We're seeing that um, with the, uh, the subsidized college education in England where the students, and I don't know if they were the students, but young people were rioting because they were going to have to pay another $5,000 a year for college. I think they were subsidized. They could go to any college, any college in England, I think. I guess you still have to be accepted, but any college in England for $5,200 a year? Oh, my God. That's amazing. I mean, that's, that's, that's still a lot of money, but it's not the, the 15, 20, 30, 45, whatever it is here. So, and, and the, the sad thing was, was the rioting. They were rioting because they were going to have to pay twice as much. I think it was going up to $10,000. I don't think it was pounds that was being reported. I think it was dollars. And, and even at that, it's, it's a great bargain compared to here. And probably compared to a lot of other places around the world. So, you have, they and the British have done, you know, have done this liberal thing for a lot longer than what we have and a lot worse in my estimation. So you have these people that expect to have cheap education. It's their right. My God, it's their right. And it's not. Education isn't a right. Education is something that you have to work for. Uh, you mean, I mean, you, you know, you, you have to push yourself to learn you have to work at it i mean yeah it does come easy to some and some subjects come easier to others uh but but there's still work involved and it shouldn't be for everyone i like the idea that basic education is a is a mandate here in in the united states but college education i don't think that needs to be a mandated thing I think that is something that people need to pay for and go do. And I don't think it should be subsidized. Now, if you're an athlete and you're playing for the school or you're a scholar and you get a, a scholarship uh, to go to school, I don't have any problem with that. That's fine. There's, there's reasons why schools do that. And, and it, it gives an extra boost for those uh, that are capable of doing it to push themselves so that they can get those scholarships and maybe excel uh, where they they wouldn't had if it was something that was just too easy I, I think those I think that's great I have no problem with that whatsoever 
But the idea of subsidizing everybody's college, no, it's, it's, just, it's just a waste of taxpayer money. And that's what you're seeing in England. They have gotten to the point because the economy, the, the shape that it's in, world, world economy, that they can't do that anymore. And it doesn't matter if they're liberal or conservative. When you don't have the money, you can't push those liberal policies. At some point, no matter how much political damage it's going to do to you, you have to vote for the really conservative value, which is only spend what you can afford. And then these privileged people can't, well, I won't say they can't deal with it, but it seems they can't deal with it because they riot. They're very upset with you. It doesn't matter if you don't have the money. It was my right. You know, uh, maybe they think that it should have. they should have been saving the money and not spending it on uh, the Iraq war, sending the, the troops to the Iraq war. You know, you know, use those billions of dollars, et cetera, et cetera. You know, one day um, I sat down. I, I, I remember doing this whenever I first got my, uh, when I got my first electronic calculator, which I'm sure some of you guys can't even remember when that happened. But I sat down with my uh, my brand new little calculator and I'm, I'm calculating all kinds of things, you know, like, uh, you know, how many days have I been alive and how many hours and blah, 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 blah. Well, one day, similar to that, I was uh, sitting down and I, I thought, you know, Bill Gates has $19 billion. $19 billion. Wow. And let's see. Out of that $19 billion, there are how many people in the United States? And I, I, I've, uh, 250 million come to mind, but I think that's low. But anyway, I took whatever, I looked it up and I took whatever the figure was and I divided that $19 billion by the 250 million Americans. You know, if, if Bill Gates just wanted to give everybody his money and every man, woman, and child, as long as you're an American in the United States, yeah, I know, it'd be hard to tell uh, which of us is and isn't. But everybody in the United States gets an equal amount of the 19 billion because Bill Gates is, you know, he's he's tired of having money. He's going to go live in the Ted Kaczynski shack and, and live a much simpler life. I don't know. So <laughs> he... He's gives, he gives his money out to everybody. And it was just like an incredibly small amount of money. It was just very minute. Uh, I was very shocked because the, the $19 billion sounds so big. And gosh, if you were trying to count $19 billion of something, it would probably take you a lifetime to do. But it just didn't come out to be that much money. And actually, I'm trying to do the, trying to do the calculation here real quick. Um, I think I did this right. So if you took $19 billion and gave it equal, equally, split it up equally between 250 million people, each person, each man, woman, and child that was an American would get $76. It doesn't go very far. You would think that it goes very far, but it doesn't go very far. So if we wanted to give every man, woman, and child a college education, 
and it was only $5,200 a year, how many billions of dollars would that be? Now, obviously, it wouldn't be 250 million Americans, although it's going to be a lot more <laughs> than what it would be if they were having to pay for it themselves. <laughs> oh, well, got off on a rant, but hey, that's what can happen. We didn't have any calls, but uh, I'm sure a lot of that has to do with uh, just not uh, advertising the show. Uh, at least that's what I'm going to tell myself as I cry myself to sleep tonight because we didn't get any calls or anybody in the chat room. We did have two guests. And uh, in case you don't already know, uh, in case you didn't already get this podcast uh, off of iTunes, we're now available on iTunes. You can get these podcasts on iTunes. That was really cool. Uh, even though I'm not a big Apple fan, they do carry a big stick in, in several avenues, and certainly iTunes is one of them. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure they could charge people to have things up on iTunes, but they didn't. It's free. I just uploaded it to, to uh, iTunes, and it's there, and you can do a search for Tony McElroy, and boom, it'll show you all the podcasts that are available. So uh, we're there. You know about the website, www.muckleroy.com. Um, my uh, little articles that I, uh, I type up are there, and uh, links to the show are there. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's really cool. It's a lot of fun. It's uh, um, a nice little dream that I've, uh, I've thought about doing this for a long time and then thought it was silly and been listening to a few people on podcasts. It's just a blast. Just a blast to listen to. So, you know, I, I have the technical know-how. I can talk. Uh, I think I'm interesting. So what the hell? Anyway, guys, if uh, if you listen tonight, thank you. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you. And be sure and uh, follow me on Twitter, at uh, Tony McElroy. And I'm on Facebook, which is uh, facebook.com slash Tony.McElroy. And if you do that, you can find out about future slip, future shows. Easy for me to say. Thank you and good night.